Comedy LOL Podcast Network. Picture. Oh, there goes right on cue. What do we have? A lovely cat. <laughs> they do know. It's the podcast envy. It's hilarious. We got. It. We should coin the term. We should totally put it like on Urban Dictionary. The worst part is there's two things he could jump up and hang out with me. Come here. But he doesn't want that. He wants to go play. All right, everybody. We're gonna open this week with a quote. Why do I talk about the benefits of failure? Simply because failure meant a stripping away of the inessential. I stopped pretending to myself that I was anything other than what I was and began to direct all my energy into finishing the only work that mattered to me. And that is by J.K. Rowling. I think this quote is so powerful because she at least admits that she was pretending to herself. I think a lot of people can't even get to that point where they feel like, um, they can be honest about who they are, or what they're doing, or why they're doing it. I think a lot of times it's very difficult for any pe- any person to be honest with themselves. And if you are, then you really are setting yourself up for success because you kind of have this clarity of mind. Yeah, for sure. I think that a lot of a lot of times people get in their own way. And that really has this speaks to that. Like you have to get out of your own way. If there's something you want to do, you have to get your shit together and go do it. And I think there's also this idea that we have to have these identities or we have to identify as something like, so maybe she's saying like, she was saying like, I'm a writer, I'm a writer. It's like, but what does a writer do? A writer writes. And it's one thing to call yourself something. And it's another thing to actually do it. You know, actions speak louder than words. And so I think if you get out of your head of saying like, I am this, you know, then sometimes you're, you literally are setting yourself up to be able to do whatever you want. Yeah, I saw that a lot when I was in the comedy world doing stand-up comedy because there would be some people in there that were just working. They had their head down. They'd be working all the time. And then there were some people that were they were like comedians on Facebook. You know, they like changed their status to comedian. You know, they did it like twice. <laughs> and then they're doing an hour special. They'll rent a place and have all their friends go. It's like, you're not really a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's Definitely. like saying I'm a mermaid because one time I wore a monofin. <laughs> like, oh my God, you're a mermaid? <laughs> well, I hope to be. Um, all right, let's get into what we're talking about today. I'm so excited, but also sad. Um, we're coming kind of the, to the end of our number series. We're talking about tens today, the Ten of Cups, the number 10, and the Wheel of Fortune card. Next week, we'll start off with our court cards in the Cups suit. So I'm excited to talk about that to kind of delve into a little bit what the court cards mean. But as we're going to talk a little bit about later on, like this is the conclusion of our our number series, which means it's the start of something else. What a perfect kind of segue into what we're talking about. Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. (laughs) That's great. It literally just came to my mind right now. Like I didn't have it planned at all. Um, All right, so let's get into this. So we're going to start off looking at the Ten of Cups card. We're going to do what we normally do, which is I will describe the card and then we'll kind of go from there. So the Ten of Cups has a rainbow um, in the top. And in the rainbow, you have the colors of the rainbow, but also in the rainbow, you have the Ten Cups displayed in an arch. 
And then at the bottom of the card, you've got four figures. Two of them are embracing with their arms up, and then two of them are kind of holding hands. Um, and the figures seem to be like two older people and two younger people. Um, the two older people to the left, the two younger people to the right, and they're standing on something that looks very, uh, like, plowed or very um, tilled. And then beyond that, you see kind of this landscape of greenery and a river, and then there's a house in the far right. And then the sky is perfectly blue. I, it's like a robin's egg blue. It's not as, like, bright in your face as the blue we'll see in the, the next card, but it's like a light blue. And so there's my description of the card. If you want to see it, you can always Google Rider Weight Tarot, Ten of Cups, or you can check out our Instagram, Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, and the number two. Um, Brandon always adds all of the pictures from all of the cards that we talk about every week, so you can go and check that out to see what it looks like. So let's jump in. What were your initial thoughts here? Initially, this just looks like a celebration because mm -hmm. you, you have – Immediately you see the cups and the rainbow. The people have their arms stretched out as if they're in appreciation or if they're very thankful for what's going on. It looks like they're giving thanks and praise. Yes. They have a bounty. Their children are celebrating, which is a really good sign because if you think throughout history, and even now, if some kind of plague or epidemic or if anything ever happens, who's affected first? It's always the elderly and the children. So the fact that they're showing these children here playing, having a good time, means that these are some prosperous times. Mm-hmm. Yes, I wrote down when I said initial thoughts, I said completion, elation, celebration, lots of Asians. Um, it just looks like a happiness card. I think I often think of that like when I think of uh, Rainbow. When I think of the Nine of Cups, though, if I'm thinking of like a transition from the Nine to the Ten, um, I mean, I thought that that card was relatively happy, too. But this looks like happiness with other people. Yeah, whereas the nine yeah. was something that was just for that one person. Um, all right, so let's look at the different parts of this card. Let's start off with the rainbow since it's kind of front and center and it's where the cups are. What were your thoughts on the rainbow? Well, if you think of what a rainbow is, it just symbolizes light. And if you take it really deeply, everything in the universe is basically made of light. Mm-hmm. And that's that's everything that we see is our eyes perceive light. It's the way we perceive the world. So I think it's just a, a great symbol trying to symbolize how that light really is the God. Mm -hmm. It's the creator. It creates everything that we see. So that's what they're they're giving thanks and praise to the light, which also has these cups in it. And if we've all been talking about cups these past now, this would be the 10th week in a row we're talking about cups. And, um, so we know that it, it, it's about emotion, it's about feelings and, um, things of that nature. Yeah, so I, I love that. Um, I love what you said about how we perceive things and like light is kind of the way that we're able to view the world around us. My, my notes said that, you know, if I'm taking it literally, I, it made me think of that song through the rain by Mariah Carey. Um, but it's like if I'm thinking about <laughs> if I'm thinking about what a rainbow when people normally think of a rainbow they think of it coming up after a storm, right? And so mm -hmm. kind of like there's that hardship, the trials, the tribulations, and then there's this beautiful image afterwards that we're able to perceive, and it kind of like makes you feel like 
see everything is all right. Even though it was, there was something that, ne- that wasn't necessarily like super awesome that happened. Like it did happen and now kind of rounded it out. And now let's celebrate. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, and thinking, also the fact that it's the mound, like it's the hump yes. that also symbolizes uh, like pregnancy. Think of women when they're pregnant, the mound, or when the breasts are full and the babies can feed, you know, it's that, it's that similar kind of uh, f- uh, feeling. See, and I'm just going back to, yes, the shape of the arch of like the highs and lows. I mean, I wish that yeah. obviously maybe it was like a little reverse, like kind of like a horseshoe, because then it would be like two highs. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's like a full cycle, right? When you measure a wave, a light wave or a seismic wave, you go from peak to peak or trough to trough. And literally, this is a full wave here. So we're going from the bottom to the bottom. Again, a full cycle of something. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get to 10. Um, All right, let's look at the actual figures on the card. Did you have any thoughts on them? I think think it's really interesting to note that, or important to note that, they're facing away, the adults. Mm -hmm. So they have their back to us. So I feel that, it's a way that like we're it's this is kind of like a window into what's possible. So we're looking into somebody else's maybe their future or maybe even their current life now. But it's we're looking as some casual observer. So I think there's definitely something to be said for that. I wrote down I honestly was so inspired by the figures on this card. And I was like, wow, am I just reading like too much into this? And I was like, wow, am I getting deep here for a second? I said that there's two couples. Um, and so you know, each of the pairs, their difference in age. And I said that, honestly, it looked like there was a difference in gender. So it looked like both of them had a boy, both of them had a girl. Um, the girl looked like she's wearing the blue in both of the couples. The boy looked like they're wearing the red. So it was very complimentary. And I also said that there is not only is there a difference in age, obviously young and old, there's also a difference in gender. And there's a balance there, uh, like a yin-yang, masculine, feminine, and it just is really nicely balanced. Like I wouldn't feel the same way if it was the two older people and then this one child over to the side. I feel like there was such a nice completion there showing the two sets of, um, or the two couples. Yeah. It really shows, it emphasizes the cycles with the different age. Mm -hmm. And then also you can bring it to the energies going to, as you said, it was like, looks like one boy, one, one girl, one man, one woman. So you can use that to symbolize the different energies that you have to use in harmony. So it looks like they're using it in harmony in all different levels as as the kids, as the younger, whatever that wants you want to symbolize with that, and then also as the older. And I also pointed out that their arms are also a nice balance. The adults have the arms pointing up, kind of making a downward point triangle, and then the kids have mm-hmm. like um, a kind of look. Or no, they're, yeah, it's like the opposite. One is pointing up and one is pointing down. Which creates a cup. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you put it together and also the two adults together look like a cup as well. Yes, they do. Um, so I just thought like that was such a nice, ni- it was just a really nice balance there for me. And again, it just kind of rounded out that cycle. So let's look at the ground that they're standing on. And I'm only pointing it out because I wrote that down as one of the things I wanted to talk about. I said that it was smooth. There's no lumps or bumps versus the other part of the, the landscape in the back there. And I said that, it's overcoming obstacles, and I said, reap what you sow. So it's kind of like maybe they did have this harsh terrain or this 
this mountainous terrain and they were able to, I mean, I'm just, I made up this whole long story where they have like now this farm and they have now this tilled land and they're kind of hoping that they're going to have like the fruits of their labor now. Yeah, I could see that because the floor is the base. It's where you start. Mm -hmm. So that's what they had to do. They had to find the solid ground as a support system to start, you know, to, in order to gain this, whatever this bounty is. Yeah, that's a great, great Mm -hmm. catch there. I like that. All right. And I said the last, well, the other thing I want to talk about was the like terrain in the background then the green landscape with the water. Did you have any thoughts on that? It reminds me of, you know, they say in the Bible, green pastures. Mm -hmm. And I think the water is just showing that that's how the the water. So if you want to equate the water to the emotion, you need that healthy emotion flowing. You need that water to get a bounty to have those green pastures grow so you don't have a desolate desert Mm -hmm. in death. And I just said that the shape of the landscape itself, kind of the unevenness, the ups and the downs is kind of reflective of a cycle in and of itself. You know, life is a series of ups and downs. And then where they're standing is kind of that one moment maybe you get where it's just smooth sailing, if you will. Yeah. And we can also look at that building in the back. It looks like it could be some kind of church. So this could symbolize these people are out there on their own independently of the crowd mm-hmm. you know they're out there doing their own thing they know they're trusting their instincts they've done it long enough so that, that could be one of the meetings or just a, a town hall it could be too and that could symbolize the same thing these people are independent i said it looked to me it looked like a house like their home and i i then synonymize it with like safety and security mm-hmm. um and again just one of those like even amidst this this landscape here, there is that safety and security. Um, so they are able to, to celebrate. Yeah. And it looks like on the back there on that prairie, it looks like a really little house mm-hmm. on that prairie. Little yeah. house on the prairie. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Are you, are you awake there, Ashley? What's going on? You know, I love the last prairie. Wow. Whew. Okay. I know. That's why I threw it in there for you. <laughs> All right. Is this let's, thing on? Let's look at the sky in the back. All right. Um, I just brought, I just wrote a note about it. You know, it is a blue sky. Again, not a cloud in the sky. So normally when you do think of when there is going to be a rainbow, it's after a storm. And normally then there are clouds, right? Um, that you would see. But mm-hmm. I said that because there isn't, again, it just is setting you up for like this celebration and this elation. Kind of there is nothing there to jade you. Yeah, and it, you can also interpret it as it's more of a divine intervention, but that can also mean something that comes from within, from mm-hmm. cultivating, you know, getting your shit together. Uh, seem, things might seem like magic, mm-hmm. but it's just because everything is lining up because you're finally starting to get everything together. So that's what that could symbolize because it, usually, like you said, you see the rainbow and there's clouds. So this is showing that the rainbow isn't from the clouds. It's this mm-hmm. magical gift. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right. So let's talk about if you pulled this card in a general reading, what would you say? I would say this looks like prosperity. Mm-hmm. Good times are coming, good times ahead, depending on what spot that it fell in the reading. But yeah, this is definitely a good card. It's hard to get any kind of ad reading from this card. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, it's a really positive card to pull. I said plus that it's, it's a ten. Yes, so. it is. I said, um, I I said it's harmony in all aspects of your life. And it's a contentment in the moment. Um, and I think that a lot of times it's hard for people to kind of appreciate those moments. Um, you know, they it's always looking forward or looking back. And it's like sometimes it's nice to just realize where you are and what you've accomplished and what you've done and be happy with that. I said it is you are where you're supposed to be. So, you know, no one's ever going to be. I mean, I can, and I, this is just coming from my own personal perspective. I'm always looking ahead of like, what's next? What can I be doing better? What did I not do well this past time? But it's, sometimes it's nice to just be like, you are where you're supposed to be. This is as the best you could do right now, right? Based on our quote, just kind of peel away all the bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. Perfection and high achievement or being quote unquote real. So it's like, you're just able to be real with yourself and then real with others to kind of appreciate where you are. Yeah, I like that. I think that's really important to stress in this society because I feel that we it's it's never enough, whatever we do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have that attitude and they always beat themselves up. A lot of people hate themselves in this society. And that's really great. There's another thing that I actually heard recently. You know how you have the yin and the yang? I'm sure you're very familiar with the symbol. Mm-hmm. And it has the, symbolizes the darkness and the light. And it symbolizes that there's a... a bunch of different things it symbolizes but it's that balance it just shows how life is there's the good and the bad there's the light and the dark it's just the way that it is and it's much better to accept it and it's much better to integrate it and if you think of a circle because the yin and yang is encased by a circle mm-hmm. they people in the ancient world always used to use the circle the circle to signify something that was perfect because the circle is perfect so if you think of the meaning about that, the yin and the yang are in the circle. So that means that everything is perfect. That's yes. the way that it has to be. No matter what you think about it, that's just your perspective. But the way the the universe unfolds and the way we act and react to it mm-hmm. is technically perfect. Yes, I love that. I think it's in the moment, you know, and necessarily like the dark moments, it's hard to remember that. But like we talked about before, like you can't know light if you don't know dark. That's exact. That sums it up even better. All right, so let's move on. If we pull this card in a love reading, what do you think? I think you go first. All right, I said best relationship ever. OMG. <laughs> I said that there's if if you're in a relationship, there's a spiritual connection between the two people, and they're super compatible. I said if you're not in a relationship, this is setting you up to meet that person. I hate this idea though of like the quote unquote one. That being said, I did write it down. Looking until you find the quote unquote one. <laughs> I would have to add to that by saying this can also signify if you are a couple thinking about having children, this might be saying, hey, maybe it's time to have some children or more children. Mm-hmm. Or this could also be, you know, maybe you guys were thinking about getting a house or something. Yep. This is just signifying this could be that. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Kind of that next step in a relationship. Yeah, but also if you wanted to look at it kind of negatively, but if it came reversed, you could say that you have to get yourself on this solid ground and in harmony if you want to achieve this status in your relationship. If you want to get to the place where you feel this way, Mm -hmm. look at how they're standing. Look where they are. They're on solid ground. They're near the water and the green. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on. If we pull this for a career reading, what do you think? It well, like like we were saying, it's really hard to say anything bad about this. Yep. So this, especially because it's a ten, I would say in a career, this could signal a promotion. So this could signal the end of something. So if you were doing something very well, this could signify that next step and whatever it is. So even if say you're a business owner, this could signify the next step, maybe adding a different service to what you do, or you're upgrading something, or you're getting a new building, or you're buying your own place. So it, it's the end of something, but not in a bad way. It was a good run that got you there, but now you're on to the next level. I just really hope like my boss is listening right now, because I feel like that was maybe directed towards them. But Let's let's go away from that. I said also hey, look, look at all this great free advice we just give away on the internet for free. I said Isn't that, that wonderful? For me it's finding By the way, guys, you can donate to us if you want to comedylol.com through PayPal or whatever. All right, go ahead, sorry. All right. I said, you know what, Don't I didn't even to. focus on on finding or being in a specific job. Um, and what does that mean for the job that you're at? I said it's more of a focus on finding the perfect job for you, which it could be a couple things. It's either a job that affords you the lifestyle to be able to do what you're actually passionate about and want, what you want to do, or it's a job that you are passionate about and it's finding that contentment in your job. Um, so I, I actually went in that direction. I didn't even look at like, if you're employed, this could mean a, a raise. I did say that if I was going to focus on a particular type of job with this card, I would look at jobs in the public eye and our creative jobs and or real estate, just because it looks like they kind of are owning this land here. Um, so that's what I said in terms of career. But I like yours better. I almost wish that I'd pulled this as a card of the day and I haven't, which leads me to believe like wah, wah <laughs> for me. That's right. That's why we do the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Do we have any final thoughts on our 10 of cups? No, that's that's about it for me. I just I'm you know, I'm it's a bittersweet moment for me because it's like obviously the end of our first series of of one through tens in a suit in our podcast. And I think what a great card to kind of go out on here because you have that rainbow it just reminds me kind of of like, yeah, see, this is good. It's positive. Let's move on. So I want to end on that note. Um Let's move on to our major arcana card of the week, which is the Wheel of Fortune. So if I'm looking at the Wheel of Fortune, there is a bunch of stuff going on here. I have in the four corners, I have yellow figures. I have a person. I have a bull. I have a lion. And I have an eagle. All of these figures are sitting on a gray cloud with a white book. Then in the center, I have this orange wheel. And around the orange wheel in the background is all blue. At the top of the wheel, there's a sphinx. There's a snake to the left. And there's... What I honestly initially thought was like it looked like a devil kind of underneath, but I now know it as Anubis after I was going through and reading about it. And then in the wheel, there's all these different symbols, which, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, there's a, so much going on in this card, so really make sure that you take a look at it. Either Google Wheel of Fortune Rider Weight Tarot or, again, look at our Instagram so you can see exactly what it is we're talking about. There is so much going on here, and I have so much to say about it. So, all right, Brandon, initial thoughts. What did you think? In initial thoughts, this looks like um, it reminds you of gambling. It's like, yes, just you know, because the wheel of fortune. Yep. So I, I feel like this is the moment of truth. This is the moment where you whatever it was you did, you did. So if you think of an action that you put out into the world and you're waiting for some kind of reaction, this is the moment after you've completed that action 
So whatever you put into it, how much uh, care that you put into it, your level of care, however high it was, if it was really high, chances are you're going to get a good outcome, but Mm -hmm. you never know. So that's exactly what this is. So you can always increase your odds of having a a better outcome by preparing or whatever it is you have to do or just putting more care, just increasing your level of care. So that's that's what it really symbolizes for me. Um, I love that. I said that my initial thoughts were any type of outcome is possible, good or bad, right? It's not necessarily the best for me, just again, initial thoughts. I'm not going to be like looking at this being like, oh, this is a good card. Um, I said there's no guarantees about either one. Kind of lots of things are left up to chance. And I said, similar to what you said, I said gaining knowledge through, but I looking at the figures in the corners, I said dissecting history in terms of like oral and written histories. So just any kind of research that you can do or anything like that. I do just want to point out though, like when I first looked at this card, you know, we've talked a little bit about how we both went to Catholic school. The Christian symbols in this card like were hitting me over the head. It was one of those like, it was kind of distracting. And to put that with the idea of, Wheel of Fortune, for me, kind of seemed um, like disconnected a little bit. Yeah, um, it's funny also because those same symbols and, you know, like the calf and the lion and different things, the angel, (laughs) other things that would make you think about the Bible, those also point to astrological symbols. Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. And which is much older. Mm hmm apparently than the Bible. So that's very interesting, especially when you see the Anubis character that kind of looks like a devil or like a Fox. And then the snake, cause you always hear about the snake in Genesis. Yep. And then you have that Sphinx on top that gives you that tie into ancient Egypt. And, you know, I think maybe the fact that you're right. So the, the, the figures in the four corners do relate to different astrological signs, but I think the fact that they were with the books just made it mm-hmm. because these are the symbols of the four gospel writers. If you, follow Christianity or Catholicism or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And so the fact that they were with those, that's, I think, where I was coming from of like, oh, my gosh. Like, Mm -hmm. so, and then I'm like, what does this have to do with Wheel of Fortune? You know, why would they pick these four things to put here? You know, Um, but we'll get into Mm -hmm. that. All right. So let's start off looking at the uh, wheel itself in the center of the card. What were your thoughts? It stands out right away immediately. It's like the first thing that draws you in. And I love how it has the red and the gold, which we talked about before as this process of alchemy. Mm -hmm. So this can literally represent the fire that you have to go through. So this it also represents the fear because the fortune or the chance, that's what everyone that's what people worry about. It's always the unknown Mm -hmm. is where you get the fear. So you're spinning this wheel and that unknown, that fear of the unknown is burning you. Technically you burn and you survive through it. You live through it like the Phoenix um, that rises from the ashes. So that that's, I would say initially what I'm drawn to. I was so drawn to the letters on here. So if I look in one direction, it spells tarot, right? T A R O T. Mm -hmm. And in the other direction, it spells Torah. Um, mm-hmm. And the symbols in between are the symbols that would represent the word Yahweh. But I think what I like mm-hmm. about it is that there's no 
there's no definition here of which way the wheel turns. And I kind of like that, that kind of balance between, because I, you know, we've talked about a lot of people are like, I don't want to get into tarot cards, you know, it's against my religion or whatever, but it's like, both of those are here. The wheel could go both ways. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I really liked about it because there was no set directional. Yeah. It's, you really don't know. It's just randomness. And I think that it's a nice tie in of like, they can exist in a world together. You know, yeah. there's not that. Well, I think that's uh, I'm sorry to not to cut you off. But when people talk about free will or they talk about um, if, if as you know, is everything already predetermined? Is there such thing as free will? I think what I have found, in my opinion, that it's both mm-hmm. that there are it, things are determined, but you also do have free will. Like a lot of things in life, it's not one or the other. It's both. And that's what this symbolizes, because you have that element of chance and that's what makes both possible. Yes. So you have these different gospel writers. So it looks like they have everything together. They can be your guide. They're the ones that bring you to this wheel. But once you get there, it's all up to chance, man. You know, even if there's a 1% chance, like I play poker and no matter how good you are at poker, you could still have a bad night, a bad week, a bad run because of, the randomness of the cards. Mm -hmm. So no matter how good you are, you could still get beat. Somebody can have one card that beats you out of a hundred. And that one card comes, you know, it's a 1% chance, but they get it. Right. Well, not one out of a hundred because there's only 52, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so I think exactly. I don't know if I could have said that better myself, to be honest. I think I I love that you were able to kind of pick up what I was trying to say there. Um, Let's go into the figures. Yeah, that was great. I mean, well, you pushed me to say it too, because I was thinking a little bit, but Bouncing that off helped me form the idea in my head. So I think it was bold. We could both claim that one. (laughs) (laughs) Deal. Um, Let's look at the figures in the four corners. Uh, What were your thoughts there? Oh, why don't you go first on this one? Okay, so again, I just went with the evangelists. So those would be the four people... That is believe the four people that are believed to have written the four gospels, even you know, whatever. We're gonna go with that. Even though we know it was Josephus or <laughs> Josephus Flavus. Google that stuff, guys. It's um, really interesting. Anyway, keep going. And so um initially when I first looked at it, I thought that they were writing. Um and then upon further inspection of the card, I looked at it as though they were reading because none of them are holding a pen or anything like that. Um and so mm-hmm. I said that the four figures are kind of going along with this idea of there being multiple paths to something because a lot of the, you know, if you have read any of the gospels, you know, they tell very similar stories, but it's all a different perspective and it's a different focus. And there is no one right one because if there was, there'd only be one, you know, and there isn't. Um, I said it suggests for me going through it, like um, reading and kind of doing that research and giving yourself the knowledge and the self-understanding to set yourself up for success, but also being aware that there is an element of chance. Yeah, I like that. And they can also be seen as forces that are trying to show you the knowledge. So they're opening the book. Mm -hmm. They're trying to, like you said, they're trying to lead the way. And I love what you said, because I think we, I said this last week where there's many different paths to the mountaintop of the views the same. So this is a similar thing where there's many different ways to get to this wheel of fortune. But once you get there, man, it's all up to chance. You never know. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, let's now talk about the figures 
kind of surrounding the wheel. Let's start off with the Sphinx, which is the figure at the top. It's blue, so he's kind of sitting there, and he's holding a sword. What were your thoughts? He looks like he's, I would say, the opposite of the Anubis fellow that's on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And but he also looks like he represents some kind of gatekeeper to this wheel of fortune, and he has the sword. So this might be a way in through knowledge because of the sword, or uh, some kind of dexterity or physical dexterity or something like that. Or just it just shows that it's not an easy path that you have to actually uh, work for it. I said that this if is if you like, want to go that way, um, like preparation. Um, and it's also, uh, balance or harmony. So kind of an understanding of like, no one's life always goes right, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, how do you prepare yourself for the things that could potentially go wrong while also celebrating the things that have gone right. Right. That's what the wheel of fortune basically is, is just chance. And so for me, it's like Mm -hmm. this figure is kind of sitting there balancing out, like not everyone's going to have everything go wrong and not everyone's gonna have everything go right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the snake. So the snake is on the left-hand side, and it's like tail is up towards the top, and it looks like its face is going down towards the bottom. So here, this, um, it's like a, it, I think it represents the cycle, and it's a triad. So you have the mm-hmm. the sphinx on the top, you have the snake on the one side, and then the devil kind of on the other side, and you could draw a triangle between them to overlay over this. So it's just different aspects. Maybe it could represent a different path again to the wheel or just a different gatekeeper to this wheel. So it could represent another way. And so say if you get there through the gospel, the one evangelist, and then you have to figure out your other way through um, whatever the gatekeeper is. Like I said, the other one was knowledge. Maybe the snake uh, could represent earthly things because a lot of times the snake was seen as the creature that was lowest to the ground. Yes. So that's why it always represents earthly uh, beliefs or uh, things having to do with the earth, like money or nature itself. Mm-hmm. I love what you just said because I literally put something about it being um, earthly and separating it from the spiritual world um, because I feel like the mm-hmm. other two figures could kind of uh, stand as either like the um, heaven, hell type of thing. And then this would be like Mm -hmm. the world in between. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's look at the Anubis. And I'm so glad that you said devil, because literally when I saw it, that's what I thought it's red. And I was like, and then when I was going through and like looking up, you know, different parts, uh, or doing research on the card and they said Anubis, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I feel like that's what I, but I think it was because I'm so influenced by what I'm perceiving as all of these Christian symbols on this card. Yeah, and generally Anubis is shown uh, as black, mm-hmm. so that can also throw you off. For me, it just reminded me of a fox, and I think that can also give a shout-out to like some kind of demon creature because foxes are supposed to be really smart, so this can represent some, like you said, Anubis, like a smart character or you know i mean he's i guess he was the god of the underworld so maybe he was really smart who knows (laughs) but i love the 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 way the figures are positioned around the wheel it gives that like inference of the cyclical nature of life you know and how things can Mm -hmm. go up and down and the fact that the snake is pointing down but then he's pointing up 
in like kind of an angled kind of arch and then the sphinx is sitting straight up at the top I love the way that they're all positioned around there because it literally does give you that illusion of of movement mm-hmm. all right so I said, um, I also wanted to draw attention to inside the wheel, you have, it looks kind of like a captain's wheel or something like that, but these different spokes are going through the symbols of the different astrological signs that you had talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, did you have any inference for that? Well, I, it looks like these symbols on the inner, inner side in the, in the inside are like the bottom one's water, the right triangle, I guess that would be fire. The top one, I would just assume it's air because the one on the left is probably Earth because it's round, which would symbolize the Earth. But these are also the one at the bottom that that's Aquarius. Yep. You know, and it's this. It's funny because it's that's exactly what that symbolizes. So the Aquarius would symbolize what the water is. It's the water sign. You know. Um. So I love that there's that balance there, of yeah. of the four elements. Um. You know, I obviously I'm like oh, I wish there was a cancer. Um, you know, it is what it is. All right. Let's talk about if we pulled this card for someone in a general reading, what would you think? I would tell them that it looks like whatever they're working on, they're about to find out where it's going to end up and that this is where they should be strong. You know, if it's something like I said before, if you put high level of care into it and you really did a good job there really is no need to worry. Obviously, there's always that element of chance. And it's also could be a reminder to, hey, you have to accept things that happen. There is this random factor to life. And when things don't work out the way you want them to, you can either complain about it and sit there and, you know, deny that it's happening or you could just accept it and move on. Yes, I literally wrote down that good and bad luck are both temporary and um, there is a cyclical nature of things and sometimes change is for the better. I am not a huge um, advocate for change. I'm not like a person that loves change, but I, I wrote down that the universe has a plan. So even in the lowest low, it's like eventually, you know, they say time heals all wounds. Uh, eventually you'll be able to look back and you'll appreciate that because it will help set you up for something else. That was clearly not yeah. meant to be. And especially because it's a 10, like I said before, and uh, we were talking about how 10s, they they signal that change. You know, it's the end of something, but mm-hmm. it does. It could be good. It could be bad in this card. It doesn't have to be bad, though. Mm-hmm. And it's all perspective. It's all how you view it. Like you said, you can go, you're going to look back on it. Most things that are terrible that are happening to you now, you look back on and you either laugh or it wasn't that bad. I mean, there are exceptions, obviously, but. I just yeah, look back you learn from it. at um, a relationship that I was in, and when it ended, you know, I felt totally devastated. And now I look back, and I'm so grateful that it ended because it helped for me to develop into the person that I am now and really gain some perspective into who I want to be and how I want to be. And so at the time, it felt crushing and devastating, but now I look back and I'm like, I am appreciative that it did happen. And I was able to get over it and move on and, you know, um, onwards and upwards. So let's now talk about if we pulled this card for a love reading. All right, your turn. Okay. I always have to go first for the love reading. Oh, okay. I, said- I know. For some reason, <laughs> I, it's when I remember it this time. Um, I'm so shy. <laughs> 
I said that this is, um, if you're single, it could be meeting someone, but actually having, you have to put yourself out there. Again, I think that there's a lot of times people get get worried or nervous or in their own head um, or shy about putting themselves out there to actually go and meet people. And it's like, well, you're not going to ever meet anyone if you don't put yourself out there. Uh, Everyone is nervous. Everyone feels the same things in terms of emotions. Uh, And there is that anxiety, but it's like, you know, sometimes the best things can come out of that kind of, um, that kind of bravery. Then if it's a relationship that you're in, I said it could be good or bad. And then I kind of felt like I was channeling you because obviously if it's good, it's like this could be a great part in your relationship um, where things are kind of looking up and working out for you. I said, but it, it could also potentially be bad because it could show that there's a lack of communication or commu- you're not communicating well and you should try to reconnect. And then if you're trying to do that, reconnect and kind of reestablish what it is you like to do with each other or the the foundation the relationship was built on. And if it's not working, it's kind of, you know, realizing that and understanding that there is a cyclical nature of things and sometimes things end. That wasn't the Well, I would like thing. to say, no, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say that this could represent, if you're single, this could represent the dating pool and what's out there and what you have to either go through or you have to deal with or you're just rolling the what dice. your options can be. Yeah, you're rolling the <laughs> dice. You know, you got a devil out there. You know, there's a there's a sphinx with a sword. Mm-hmm. You better watch out. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I think if you are single, you can use this card as a guide to help remind you that everything's mm-hmm. a cycle and that things are, like we were saying before, it's a circle. It's perfect. Yep. Even though you might not agree what what's going on, that's the way it is. Therefore, it's perfect. And if you don't like it, then you can use your free will aspect of your life, that aspect of reality, to change it. Yes, exactly. Taking more chances, keep throwing, you know, keep spinning this wheel. Yep. Um, you know, like you said before, everyone's nervous, but. You know, people say sometimes there's some people that are just naturally good with the other sex or naturally good with the person, the same sex or whoever it is they want to date. They're just naturally good at talking to people. This is true sometimes, but then other people aren't so good and then they practice and they work on it and then they become better. Like anything else in life, you know, there's practice books on perfect. it. There's books on how to talk to people and how and there's like psychology where you can kind of learn how you can keep a conversation going and you could just better yourself. So, and honestly, uh, the only no way to, to get out there and, and to get better a lot of times is by practicing and doing that. You know, think of like public speaking. People get a lot of anxiety and nervousness about that. And then the more you do it, the less that anxiety is present. It's like, oh, no big deal. I've done this a million times. Yeah, exactly. And if and if for some reason you're not attracting the type of person that you want, you have to look at yourself and you have to see – you know, am I a catcher? Am I, do I have it together? Where are my weakness? You know, what are my areas? So you can work on yourself and that'll help you too, because then you can raise your self esteem mm-hmm. and that'll help you attract a better mate also, because that is something that a lot of people find attractive. And you'll also be able to hire your own standards because you'll feel better. You're, you'll feel more worthy. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to go, uh, I don't know, get a supermodel or something <laughs> or a backstreet boy, whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Um, the Backstreet uh, Boys are all so, like, not so boyish anymore, okay? All so. right, uh, a Hanson? I don't know. 
What are these kids into wow, these days? You can really, get a One really Direction quick. guy. <laughs> we'll get you a Drake. How about a Drake? We'll get you one of them. I don't even know. I, I don't even listen to that kind of music. Anyway, let's move on. All right, career. This comes up in a career reading. What do you think? Similar to what I said before with the the cups. And like I said, because it's a 10. So this is some kind of end of something onto something new. But like I said before, in the relationship, we don't know, or maybe in the general reading, we don't know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. It's up to it's what you put into it. Similar to the similar to the way a lot of people in this society perceive what karma is. They kind of get it wrong a little bit, but in this case, it nails it. You mm-hmm. know what you put into it, you're going to get out most times directly, unless uh, you know you have like a dad that's a CEO or something. But <laughs> you know, if you're working on your own business, say you want to put in you know you're going to get put get out what you put into it and you know you got to save that money you got to be smart I, and how beautifully does that tie into the quote that we started the show with about failure um kind of yeah. if you're going after something and it is your passion project or is your dream job knowing that failure is an option but then it helps you to like reevaluate and really go after it and set yourself up for success yeah keep rolling that wheel just keep taking chances I wrote down, um, if this came up in a career reading, I said career change. Um, So sometimes it's just knowing like, okay, I think I've done everything I can do here and it's time for me to try something different, something maybe totally new and totally different from what I'm doing. Um, But I also said if you are at a job and you are – Are you talking to yourself or (laughs) – I didn't know. I I frequently do (laughs) and I would say something like that. But I said that it could also be a promotion or – being let go, right? Because I have both ends of the spectrum there. You never know. It's up to chance. Yeah, this could definitely uh, signal being fired. And I'm going to talk about the time I got fired. And I was working at a car dealership. And it's like I got downsized because it's when the economic mm-hmm. crash came. So I was a really, I was a good producer. And, but I think I was just making too much money. It's a really weird story. So anyway, they they took me in and they... I was working in the service department and back there and then they want um, doing service writing. So I would like talk to the people and I was really good at it because I knew about cars, but I also knew about people so I can relate it kind of like I'm doing with tarot now instead mm-hmm. for myself. <laughs> but um, anyway, so they uh, they laid me off and it was probably the best thing that happened to me because after that I got out of my comfort zone um, you know, I collected unemployment for a while, and then I finally found a new career, which is DJing, mm-hmm. and that got me into what I do now, which is like, you know, I still DJ, and I also now that I podcast and do comedy and all that stuff. So it was like the first step in the right direction for me to become independent and just do things on my own. Um, um, that's where you met me. Yeah, that, exactly. So <laughs> it seemed at the time like it was something that could have been bad, and you know, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. People, there's certain people, depending on what, how your personality is. Um, and you get like, that happens to me a lot. I get in a comfort zone and I'm making enough money to be happy and pay my bills and I can still go out and party on the weekend. And that was fun for a while, but then it's just that anxiety just gets to you. And what that anxiety is sometimes it's your, it's you, your true self forever telling you that this isn't what you're meant to do. You're meant to do other things. You're meant to get out there. You're meant to, you know, uh, go be 
Cinderella at Disney World, whatever it is that you want to do. <laughs> but I think it's important to realize that, you know, that doesn't necessarily happen overnight because maybe that going out and partying and, and making the money that you're making to support that lifestyle is where you need to be at that particular time. And then yourself, you yourself tell you however you do, like, hey, it's time to move on and do something different now. Yeah. then that's what the anxiety is all yeah. about. It's you listening to yourself and so sometimes you have a picture of what you think life is supposed to be. And no matter what anyone tells you, you have this picture. And if you go out and live it and then you're still not happy, then you know for yourself that's not it. So that's where that element of it's okay, it's perfect. You needed to go through those rough mm -hmm. times in order to be the person you are. So now in the future, when the stakes are larger, you can make these decisions and you're, you're going to have experience behind you. Exactly, exactly. All right. So let's rob this fucking bank. Yeah. No, Do we have anything we want to say? Any final thoughts here on wheel, the Wheel of Fortune card? No, I think that's good. All right, cool. Let's move on to the number 10. So I was so excited to talk about this because um, if – if you were, you know, everyone can kind of identify with a whole bunch of different numbers. If you've listened, you've obviously heard me identify with most of the numbers we've talked about. However, that being said, if you take my birthday and you add up all of the numbers in my birthday and um, get them down. So to like the, point, the year and everything. Yes. Month, date, year. And, gotcha. and I add them all up and then I take whatever number I'm left with and add those two numbers together. I am getting a 10. So I was very excited to talk about 10 because you could eventually bring that down to just being a one, right? One plus zero. I refuse mm -hmm. to believe I'm a one. I am going to say I'm a 10. And <laughs> let's talk about what a 10 is because I was making all of these notes and I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. Oh my gosh, this is me. Oh my gosh, this is me. Which I did with a lot of the numbers, but maybe because I felt such a connection to this one. All right. I said a 10, besides it being me, <laughs> is an independent person <laughs> with enormous potential. And I would love to think that that's me. Um, I, <laughs> I like to think that I'm capable of doing anything I put my mind to. Um, a 10 is someone that brings uh, projects to completion. So they set their mind to it and they do it. A 10 is comfortable being alone because there is that one aspect of the, their personality. But they, that not only do they recognize their need for individuality, but they're also okay being part of a group. I mean, you and I have had this conversation before. I, now it's like a couple months ago about introvert versus extrovert and what do those things actually mean. Um, mm -hmm. And despite kind of the personality I have, I definitely identify as an introvert because I am okay being alone. I do have some social aspects where I'll go out and I'll be around people and then I'll be like, it's time for me to go. I don't need that in order to, to thrive, I don't think. Um, all right. They want to include people. And that has to do with the number zero being uh, concerned with inclusion and, and helping bring people in. Um, and I'd like to think that I try to do that. I'm so sorry. I'm like literally relating everything back to me. Um, I said that the zero tones down. The <laughs> do tens like to apologize a lot? Because <laughs> stop it. I said it's zero, your podcast. Half of it. <laughs> zero tones down the independence of the one. So they're not as harsh as somebody who's just like a... Uh, number one person where it's like, I'm okay being by myself and I'm going to be the best person. Like there, there's a nice balance between the one and the zero. Um, I said, it's a mm -hmm. return to unity. And this person is very skilled at whatever they decide to do in life, but they have to do it on their own terms. And I mean, you and I were having this conversation last week. Um, and I am definitely one of those people that like, I need to do things in my own way on my own timeline. I don't like being told what to do. 
I kind of have my own vision for things and I like being able to carry that out. And often it's it's hard for me to um, take someone else's direction on something if I don't 100% wholeheartedly believe in it and think that they're right. Um, they have leadership qualities, but they're not super concerned with being a leader. It's not someone where it's like, I need to lead people. It's like, if I have to, I can, um, but I also cannot. They're very ambitious, imaginative, and creative. And they're easy to live and work with because they do things on their own. <laughs> so it's like, you do you, I'll do me. Um, they expect total honesty in a partner and in friends. And I think that for sure is something that I look for. I, you know, I think a lot of times people say that they want total honesty in a friend or a partner, but a lot of times what they want is to hear what they want to hear. And sometimes the truth does hurt. And sometimes the truth isn't nice. And sometimes the truth can be devastating. And there's a way to say it. So it's not those things, but it's like, just be truthful and honest with me. Like, don't, don't like jerk me around. Um, they need a slightly submissive partner. I mean, obviously, because they're very independent and they like doing things on their own terms. So they need someone who's okay with that and is like, all right, sure. I, this one was kind of a little rough. It says there's a lack of consideration and tolerance for other people's thoughts. Um, I can for sure relate to that because I think that sometimes, especially like I was saying, um, when I feel like I have the right way of doing things, if someone else believes that their way is right, there is for me a lack of consideration for that where I'm like, no, I know I'm right. Um, they also can experience numbness maybe just because <laughs> they just kind of always think that they're doing the right thing. Um, and it says they work until they are worn out and they expect others to do the same, which leads to that disappointment. And I think um, there's this level of commitment I have a lot of times to jobs that I do, um, especially like when I first moved out to California, I feel like I was working literally all the time because I always felt like if I wasn't working, I was upset that I could have been doing something to make myself more successful or to set myself up to being like financially stable or whatever. And it was like, why am I just sitting around being lazy? It's so ingrained in my head that if I'm not working, I'm being lazy. And so I do oftentimes feel like I give way too much in terms of working. And it's hard for me now to like reflect and be like, okay, I, I don't need to do that all the time. Um, and Brandon, you've been so great. I'm literally like, I'm at work. I had to do this. I had to do this. And you're always like, okay, we'll make it work. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's, <laughs> if you want anything great and you want to build something, you have to be flexible and you have to, you know, you have to make it work. I could say to that, what we were saying earlier, which is, um, it, well, this, to start off, it reflects the negative and the positive aspects of that number. And you're saying it right there. So if you, if this number symbolizes and represents you as a person, you're just giving, you give us a lot of the positives and then you gave us some of the negative, which is like anything else. Like I was saying at the yin and the yang, you have the positive and the negative, but the free will aspect of it allows you to recognize that if you're mm -hmm. so conscious of it, you know, and most people don't even become con conscious of their negative behavior and you could use your free will to change that behavior and use it to, uh, you know, ask why am I displaying this behavior? But you can also use it. Uh, what I was saying, um, the other thing, the second thing about it is you can use what we were talking about earlier, where, where you're at is exactly perfect. And you can use that same idea to chill out a little bit about the work, you know, like maybe I'm not working all the time, but it's okay because, if you think of like an engine and you just kept an engine revving really high, the RPMs like through, you know, redlining the whole time, it's going to blow up. 
You know, think about even mm-hmm. the I Love Lucy sketch where they're like boxing chocolates and then all of a sudden there's too many and yeah. they got to start <laughs> eating them, you know? That's, you know, that's a metaphor. That's why yeah. they put that, that in TV. They're trying to show you you can't redline it. And that it's it's like the same thing as greed. It's just the other side of greed. You're just basically being greedy with yourself and with your time and you're just focusing all toward work instead of toward enjoyment. And that's what we're here to do. We're here, I believe, in my opinion, to, you know, enjoy life and mm-hmm. to work. It's both. Yes. You can't know relaxation if you don't know work. Yeah. And you have to work for the things that you want in this life if you want to get them on your terms. If not, then you don't have to work as hard and you can get them on someone else's terms, I guess, or maybe even harder. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, some people figure it out and they're good with money and they become successful. And it doesn't mean that they're evil people because they're rich. It just, you know, it could mean it. But if there's somebody who started from the ground and built it up, those are the kind of people that I want to know, you Mm -hmm. know, because they can overcome some shit so so i think the consensus we've come to here is i'm definitely a 10 yeah you're definitely a 10 (laughs) all right so i have nothing else to say about the number 10 um i feel like it's it's like i said again bittersweet we wrap this up here um but let's move on to our two other cards our two other interpretations of the cards we've already talked about the 10 of cups and the wheel of fortune all right, let's do that. So these are from the Alistair Crowley deck, which is also known as the Thoth deck. So I'm going to go ahead and describe what the Ten of Cups looks like. At the bottom, it says Saity. Uh, they are ten cups, as you can imagine. There's three at the top that are encased in what looks like it could be... The, well, it looks like the top of a tree, but it also symbolizes what like a brain, like what you'd imagine like the gray matter looks like. And then under that, there's three more cups. And then under that, there's three more. And then at the bottom, there is one. And it's set up very similar to the Kabbalah Tree of Life. And out of each cup, there's looks like light pouring out onto the other ones. And then all going down. Um, and if you want to check it out, like we said before, go to Tarot Bowl 2 on Instagram. And you can see a picture of it. Um. Yeah, you know, for me, looking at this card, I was expecting more. I think because last week, the nine of cups in this deck was just so powerful for me. And it was so positive. Um, and it, it gave me such a hopeful feeling. For me, the color of this card, the orange and the red, is just a little aggressive. Um, and, I mean, obviously, they're trying to say, like, you're satisfied to the point of being full, right? Um, like, Like, maybe, like bursting at the seams type of thing um mm-hmm. but I, I don't know I don't feel like a complete set when I look at this and I think maybe it's just the way that the cups are set up like it doesn't give me the illusion of it being a full set um that being said I think it's so interesting the way you describe the location of the cups because I read them from left to right so I said that there's three then four then three. Oh yeah I like that. Yeah. It's um, like a pyramid. Exactly. And then I said that from the top cup, the one at the right below where it says 10, there's seven beams of light coming out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, Because if you look, that is the one that's giving off a majority of the light. And then the three at the bottom um, are kind of, or the three in that column of the four are just kind of spilling light out. They're not mm-hmm. putting light into any other cups. 
Oh, yeah. So in I the bottom, yeah. I didn't know what I really thought about that. I kind of just said that um, it it just didn't feel to me as full as last week's uh, card. Well, something that I want to point out is similar to... Um, well, actually, not similar. It's funny. I was talking about this in a conversation I just had. So it wasn't on the podcast. I thought it was. That's funny. Um, there was a concept in um, in the ancient wisdom of the three doors. And apparently it appears everywhere. I was just looking at a picture of the painting of the Last Supper. And in the background, there's three windows that symbolize doors. They're in the shape of a door. And the one in the middle is always a little bigger, either taller or wider. And it represents the path. So you can either go on the right path or the left path or the middle path. And the middle path is supposed to be the way. It's the middle way. And it's also represented in the tree of life in Kabbalah, which this looks like to me. So if you look like there's three different paths up this tree mm-hmm. and the one in the middle looks like it's, um, there's still, so there's three cups in each path. See what I mean? I guess yes. you could say, and you start at the bottom one. So, and there also looks like there's one missing where there should yes. be in the middle. And in the, in Kabbalism, there is actually one there and that's where everything emanates from. It's from that uh, center one. It's like the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's not a, usually the spots, the sections on the tree are called sephira. So some people call it the hidden, the hidden sephira, but it's not actually sephira. It's uh, so the sephira like fruit, but this is more like the heart of it or the the soul. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I see there. The three the the similar different paths, and it looks like it's trying to tell you to go down the middle path, especially if you're coming down. Yes. If you're looking at it backwards. For sure. I love that because I had never heard it before, and I think how nicely it ties into um, now me looking at this card. Yeah, I see it everywhere now that it was uh, brought to my attention, and you can even see it like sometimes in banks and even like in pyramids, in the structures around pyramids or anything in the ancient world, there was always three doors. And then also if you see the pillars... I remember we talked about the uh, high priestess card number two in the major arcana. She had the two pillars, one on each side, and she represented the middle, the middle mm-hmm. path. It's the same thing. You have the the pillars of severity and the pillar of mercy. Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, the, the Jack and, and Boaz. And then you have the one in the middle, which is the right path. So it's all the same. It's all just... Um, it's a way to symbolize ancient knowledge, and it's all about balance. It's just bringing you back to the yin and the yang. It's yep. all the same concept. It's just smacking you over the head. You know, it's it's the light and the dark. It's the physical and it's the spiritual. It's not one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's both. Yes. We're in this, you know, we're made of nature. That's what we are. All right, I'll end my rant. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, well, I, I don't have anything else to say about this card. Yeah, that's all. Oh, the only other thing I want to say about this card is now – it doesn't look like this is water pouring out of these cards. It looks like it's actual light or energy. So that's also going to go toward the fact that it's a 10. Because if you think of the different stages of evolution or the way things change, if we're going to energy is the most purest or, or light is the most pure. Mm-hmm. So it's it's signalizing that um, completion. And I love going off the idea of like if it being energy, like energy cannot be created or destroyed. Right? It can just mm-hmm. change forms. Yeah. Just like matter. 
so matter. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the the fortune card, yes. which is the ten in the Thoth deck, and it has in the center it has a wheel with spokes. I think what there's eight spokes, mm-hmm. and we have the crocodile. It looks like on the bottom there's a monkey, and then there's another sphinx. But he and he also is holding a sword, but he's just positioned differently, and there's looks like there's waves coming out of the ends of the circle. And then in the middle of the circle, you have two lines up and down. It's actually, there's a pyramid in the background that you could like barely make out. Um, There's a lot going on. It's kind of hard to describe. So I would definitely recommend checking this out, checking out the picture. Um, Another thing that we can note is the crocodile that's hanging upside down is holding a crook and a flail and, or no, I'm sorry. It's a it's a crook in a um a symbol of the uh it's the the ankh symbol. So it's the cross with the circle on it, mm-hmm. and those just just represent opposites. The same thing, um as we talked about before. So it's it's kind of like different ways to direct people. You can either be the shepherd and do it in a nice way, or you can have this symbol of power and use your power and influence over people in a I guess more negative and nefarious way. Do you know out but, what, I, uh, what I love about this card is again, <clears throat> sorry, the lack of definition in which way the the wheel turns, um, and the the different directions that all of these figures are facing, um, you know, like the the sphinx and the monkey are kind of facing each other, which to me gives a, an illusion of like this wheel could go both ways, right? Just like you know, mm-hmm. there could be a positive or negative outcome to any situation nothing's a sure thing yeah exactly the wheel goes both ways and i love i just so identify with this monkey (laughs) i don't even know why i just and i love the way that its hands are kind of gripping the wheel it could like look like it's holding on or it could kind of look like it's trying to spin it or going for a ride or something like that. I, it's feet, the way it's positioned, it doesn't look like it's like holding on really tight and the tail isn't trying to be like wrapped around it. Whereas like the crocodile, the tail is wrapped. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Sphinx looks so relaxed. Um, and I just, I just really appreciate this um, monkey figure here. Yeah, he represents a way of doing it with gentle care and maybe it, it, it's a good way to look at things whereas you shouldn't be so worried about the outcome. You just have to do your best and how it happens, it happens. How it's going to work out, it's going to work out. And it doesn't mean you have to be indifferent to the way it works out, but you shouldn't let it drag you down. Mm-hmm. All right. The yeah, other then- notes I wrote down here... Um... I said it, it. It seemed to get rid of for me the uh, the the Christian influences. Um, I didn't get that looking at this card. Um, and I said I just pointed out that the swirls were coming from each of the spokes of the wheel. Um, and again, it just kind of seems like it can go. They're multi-directional, right? Um, a wheel can go off in many different directions. All of these could be different outcomes, right? And it's just kind of swirling pop, potentially back around. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, there's a 10-sided star in the center of the wheel, which I liked. And I was honestly kind of thrown by the top part with all those different stars. I didn't know what to think. 
like it's like a lot of stars but they're somehow all connected and then they're connected to these other stars and then the stars have like these lightning bolts that are going down towards the bottom of the card like what's going on there it looks like it's representing maybe the heavens or some kind of um ultimate knowledge but uh i was was gonna bring up the fact what do you think about it does it I didn't just know what to think. I literally music. just like yeah. stars. Why so many stars? Oh my god! <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I like the um, I like the triangle in the background that you can hardly see. It looks like it's the base for this wheel, perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And esoterically speaking, when you combine the triangle with the wheel, what that represents is the wheel is the spiritual world because it's infinite it never ends it's infinity it's perfect and then the triangle is representing the earth because it represents the um the phallic symbol or the uh mm-hmm. it could also represent i guess fire as well but in this context i'd like to interpret it as it represents aligning your spirit with your body getting them both together to work in harmony to properly get this wheel going love it I also really appreciate the colors on this card. Um, it's a nice balance of the complementary colors of the purple and the yellow. It yeah. just felt a nice balance for me. Yeah, it's not too um, stark or there's not too much contrast. They go well together. Exactly. I mean, but besides that, I, I have nothing else to say about this. I honestly feel like I could probably talk more about it if I had done like a lot more research. I feel like there's so much going on. Yeah, and this that's not really what this is for. This when we talk about these cards, this is kind of just like uh to introduce people to them and give our initial thoughts. So I think we did that pretty well. Yeah, and I love looking at different interpretations up. of the cards. Um, because you know, I think a lot of times people if they want to get started, they don't know where to go. And it gives them an opportunity to say, like, oh, okay, well, you know, this is a different way of, of uh interpreting the same idea, right? And maybe they're trying to. Yeah, get I like else. to use this deck. Oh, go ahead. Oh, that was all I'm gonna say. They're maybe trying to. Oh, okay. Infer something else. Yeah, exactly. And I was gonna say I like to use this deck for that reason. If there's something I can't, if I need clarification on something, especially if it is something from the major arcana, mm-hmm. um, because it really gives you that ancient Egypt feel, like that the old knowledge feel. So, for me, that's why I like it. All right, so we're just about done here. Just want to get us all set up for next week. Obviously, we're not going to be talking about a number next week for um, our our cup card. We're going to be talking about the page of cups, our first of the court cards. Um, and then we're going to be talking about the justice card. Yes. Yes. Uh, as I, don't, I don't have something pippy or punny to say about that. <laughs> It'll be just us, baby. Just us. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Terrible Podcast. You can support us by going to CommonLOL.com and you could donate to us. You could subscribe there. Check out our Instagram at Terrible2. And it's T A R O T B U L L. Until next time, I am Brandon. I'm Ashley. She's Ashley. Yeah. Good night.
Comedy, LOL, Podcast Network.